Well, we are in the uh, third week of this message series, The Miracle of Mercy. And so far, we've been talking about God's mercy towards us. And this week, I want to shift our focus a little bit and talk about our mercy to others, showing others mercy. We, we've all received mercy from God, so how do we allow that mercy to flow out to other people around us? Jesus, when he was speaking to the crowds, gave them a spiritual truth that we all need to take a hold of if we're going to live well in the kingdom of God. And that is found in Matthew 5, 7. It was our memory verse the first week of the series, so you may have it already tucked away in your, your memory bank. But uh, Matthew 5, 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Right? Jesus said that if we want to receive mercy then we have to give mercy, and you have to show mercy to other people. Uh, So what is mercy? Well, the definition that we've been using in our small groups uh, is uh, one that we're using on Sunday morning as well, and that is that mercy is undeserved forgiveness and unearned kindness. And as you look at this, there are, uh, as Rick Warren says, two sides to mercy. Mercy is is bigger and wider than just forgiveness. There's the forgiveness side of mercy, where you withhold punishment when someone hurts you, like they were talking about here just a few minutes ago, and it's so important in our marriages, right? Uh, and we just uh, hold back, repaying when someone, when someone hurts you. There's the forgiveness side of mercy. But there's also the compassion side of mercy. When you see someone in need, someone who's hurting, who's maybe in a situation of poverty or they have suffered some kind of a loss and and you look at that need and you reach out in compassion and meet that need in some way. So there's the forgiveness side and there's the mercy side. And we show mercy by caring for the hurting. And that's what we're talking about today. Uh, Rick Warren says when it comes right down to it that mercy is love in action. Mercy is love in action. It's not just talk. Mercy is not just kind thoughts. It's so much more than pity. Mercy is having compassion on other people. And that's what Jesus did when he took on flesh. He came as a human being. He stepped into our brokenness, and he uh, lifted us out of that condition. And now Jesus says that we're to be the compassionate ones. We're the ones who are to lift others out of their hurts. So what does mercy look like? Well, uh, Jesus gives us many pictures of it in the Gospels, right? We see him acting in ways, merciful ways, all through the Gospels. But we're going to look at one particular story this morning from Mark chapter 1, starting in verses 40 uh, and then going through 45, where we see mercy on display in Jesus' life. So uh, in this story, a man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. He said, I am willing, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell anyone this. But go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began talking freely, spreading the news. 
And as a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. So we find, we find Jesus here. He's face-to-face with a leper. And we don't uh, experience uh, leprosy in, in our culture today because leprosy is just not that common. But in Jesus' day, it was very prevalent. It was widespread. And at that time, there was no prevention. There was no cure for it like there is today. So in Jesus' day, leprosy was a terminal disease. It, it killed the body, but it also killed the soul. Uh, it could, killed the soul because a leper was an outcast. They, not only um, was it contagious, leprosy was considered an outward sign of an inward failure. Uh, a person who had leprosy was seen by people as someone who was under God's judgment, that there was some reason this person was suffering in this way. And so leprosy was not just a physical problem, it was a spiritual problem. And in the Old Testament book of Leviticus, we're told that lepers were uh, not sent to doctors. They were sent to priests. They were not called unhealthy. They were called unclean. And here's what the Bible says uh, lepers were to do. Leviticus 13.45 says, Anyone with such a defiling disease, um, they're talking about leprosy just prior to this, must wear torn clothes, let your hair be unkempt, Cover the lower part of your face and cry out, unclean, unclean. So in order to protect the community from himself, this leper would have had to wear a mask over the lower part of his face. And whenever he was in public, he would have to shout out, unclean, unclean, and warn. And in other words, get away from me, stay away from me. And that's what this man had to do according to the law. And one important note that we'll touch on again later is that they had to live alone. They, they couldn't live with their own families. They uh, were to live with other lepers if they had any community at all. Leviticus 46 goes on to say, As long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. They must live in isolation in their place outside of the camp. Of course, the Israelites were camping in the wilderness at the time, right? So that's this man's reality. His life and his future have been taken from him because of this disease. And yet he bravely comes into Jesus' presence in in this public place. And as we're reading the story of Mark, Mark tells us that there's this huge crowd of uh, people who are following Jesus that day. And so you can imagine this guy coming into this crowd, yelling out, unclean, unclean, and the people just parting like the Red Sea, you know, because no one wants to touch him or be touched by him. And so his disease actually makes a path for him to Jesus. And he falls on his knees, and he says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. If you're willing, you can help me. If, you, if you're willing, you can change all of this. And, um, of course, Jesus was willing, and he did the unthinkable. He reaches out, and he touches him. And as I was reading this, I wondered, how long has it been since this man has felt the touch of another person? How, how long has it been since anyone has hugged him or patted him on the back or, or even said a nice word to him? And Jesus touched this man, and he could finally go home to his family. And, you know, there are people all around us in need of compassion. 
And, and just like this leper, they're, they're wondering, are you willing? Are you willing? If you're willing, you can relieve my hunger. If you're willing, you can relieve my loneliness. If you're willing, you can give me hope. If you're willing, you can give me a future. If you're willing. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And, and there's really a challenge in this story for us because it requires that I, that you, uh, begin to think about who are the broken people in my world and am I willing to reach out and show them the love of Jesus uh, because Jesus is still willing. Uh, Jesus still wants to touch and heal broken people, but he does it through his people. He does it through the church. That's why we're called the body of Christ. We are the hands and we are the feet of Jesus. We carry the presence of Jesus into people's pain and hurt in order to lift them up out of it. So I have a question for you there in your notes. It's not only my question, it's a question Jesus asked of us. What are you willing to do? As we look at this story, we see Jesus was willing to help the hurting. And in the face of great needs around us, the question for us then is, how are we going to respond? Are we going to respond like Jesus did? And in order to do that, I think there are four questions that we have to answer. So I put those in your notes. The first is, am I willing to be interrupted? It seems like everywhere Jesus goes, he's interrupted, right, by someone. And he doesn't go around them. He doesn't ignore them. In fact, he acts as if they are why he came. And every act, that, um, every response reveals who he is. And our response to people reveals who we are. And the leper and the crowd and everybody that day were, had this affirmation, this confirmation that Jesus was not only able to heal, but that he was willing to heal, that he was compassionate enough to heal. And often mercy opportunities aren't planned events. They're interruptions. I mean, you probably didn't come here today wondering who's going to be in need of mercy in church today, but you may have noticed somebody who's hurting, somebody who's carrying a heavy load, uh, who needs a, uh, someone to just say a kind word to them. Most of the opportunities that we have to show mercy aren't planned. Uh, you receive a call for the prayer chain that someone's in the hospital and God says you need to go see that person. You see the neighborhood kid fall off the bike. You find out your friend uh, has just been diagnosed with cancer. These are all interruptions. And knowing that God is always at work in the lives of people around us, are you willing to be interrupted? Are, are you willing to change the way that you see interruptions? Uh, because this week you're going to ha- be presented with an opportunity. You'll be interrupted. I can almost guarantee it. And it may be something small. It may not be small. It might be great. It may be something insignificant, or it may be something very significant. But you'll have to decide, am I going to go around this person? Or am I going to see this as an opportunity to join God in helping the hurting? And your answer will determine how much of Jesus that person will experience through you. Um, you have to decide, the second question, am I willing to respond? 
uh, when we're interrupted? Am I, am I willing to do something? And, you know, uh, we have so many needs around us. We get so many things in the mail and see all these things on TV. But when God puts somebody in your path, like we see in this story, that's an invitation to take action, to, to do something. And the Apostle Paul spoke about caring for the poor and helping the hurting. And in his letter to the Galatians, he gives us this word. He says, stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. We, we show mercy by helping the hurting. And that's putting love into action. That's what Christ's law is. His, he says, I give you a new commandment. Love one another. And right now in our small groups, we're all picking a mercy project, finding ways to respond and to show mercy to the hurting. On Tuesday night, our, the group that Chris and I are leading, we decided to make sandwiches to take down to the Share Center. So we're going to do that on March 28th, uh, Tuesday, right during the dinner time on Tuesday night. Um, one of the Bellevue, Bellevue groups is forming a, a benevolent fund for people who are hurting in the church there. And we've got several things going on here. If you aren't in a group but would still like to participate in one of these Mercy Projects, there's a place on the back of your connection card. You can check that, and I'll let you know the different ones that are going on. But there are plenty of opportunities around us because the world's full of hurting people. So once we decide to respond, then there's a further question we have to ask, and that's, am I willing to make sacrifices for others? You know, sometimes mercy is something as easy as speaking a comforting word, saying a prayer with somebody. It's not always costly to be merciful, but it will always cost you something to show mercy, even if it's just a few uh, minutes of your time. Most often, mercy will require some kind of a sacrifice. And, and as we look at this story we see what, and see what happened when Jesus touched and healed this man, uh, we see that as well. So he heals this guy, and he sends him to the priest, right, to uh, go get his certificate of cleanliness or whatever the priest did. And he sternly warns him. He says, don't tell anybody. Right? It says he gives him a strong warning. Don't say anything. <laughs> but instead... He went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. And you can imagine why. I mean, this guy's life has been given back to him. And as a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. And I found that really interesting as I was reading this and studying it, that when Jesus touches and heals this man, the man is no longer relegated to the loneliness and seclusion outside of the city. He can now be a part of community. He can speak freely to anyone. He doesn't have to have a, a mask over his face. And as a result of this healing, Jesus could no longer go into a town anymore. He had to stay out in the lonely places. And it's like Jesus takes the leper's place in order to set the leper free. And that's what he's done for us. Second uh, Corinthians 8 9 says, For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. 
And, you know, this story is a picture of what Jesus did for us on the cross. He took our place on the cross so that we could go free and have life. And, and we're called to make sacrifices for others so that they can have a better life. And I think what it comes down to is when we're willing to put ourselves in the other person's place, to sympathize with them, to think about what it would be like to be like them, to be them, then we'll be more willing to make sacrifices. Uh, Jesus knew what the end result would be, but out of love, he was willing to be relegated to the lonely places so that this man could live and have life in community with others. So whether it's financial or material resources, giving up our time or giving up our comfort, showing mercy will always cost something. And we'll have to ask ourselves, am I willing to give up an evening in my recliner or the money that I was going to spend on a concert ticket or a little of my time in order to ease the hurt of someone else? What it comes down to, and this is the fourth question, am I willing to be like Jesus? Am I willing to be like Jesus? Jesus cared for people no one else cared about. He saw people uh, that were hurting that no one else saw, and he met needs no one else would meet. So how willing to be like Jesus are we? I, I saw a great example of what can happen when mercy has been shown to others this week. Uh, Stephanie is in our small group on Tuesday nights. And on Tuesday, we're in the third chapter. We're talking about mercy and, and if we had been shown mercy by someone, how that it had impacted our life. And Stephanie told a really touching story that I asked her permission to share with you today. Um, I don't know if you know it or not, but Stephanie's son, Christopher, was born with half of a heart. So uh, he's had many health challenges because of it. And the Thanksgiving before last, Christopher was admitted to Bronson Hospital in Kalamazoo with pneumonia. And because of his heart, the stress of the pneumonia on his heart, uh, his heart actually quit at one point. And then his kidneys and his liver shut down. He was transported uh, by air to Ann Arbor and put on full life support there. And so that was a very difficult and stressful time, which was made more difficult by the fact that with the slow recovery, he was going to be spending Christmas in the hospital. So Stephanie decided, at the very least, he's got to have a Christmas tree. So she went to Meyer in Ann Arbor to look for a tree and to discover that they didn't have any trees. They were all sold out. And so as she was leaving, she was crying and one of the cashiers noticed it and stopped her and said, what's wrong? She thought maybe something had happened in the store. And when Stephanie told her story about what it, uh, was going on, the cashier went into action. And she started calling all of the stores around in Ann Arbor and trying to find a tree for her. And when she couldn't find one in Ann Arbor, she called the Jackson Meyer, and they had one. And uh, so she not only located a tree for Stephanie, she bought a gift card for her out of her own money and gave it to Stephanie to pay for the tree when she got there. And uh, Stephanie uh, got the tree and had a much different Christmas than uh, they would have had if that cashier had not taken the time to help someone who was hurting. And 
Stephanie said that she was so moved by the experience, it was life-changing. She said, I found myself wanting to be like that cashier. And she now has the opportunity to do that. Stephanie and this cashier have kept touch with one another, and this cashier helped Stephanie get a job at Meyer here in Battle Creek. And she's already given out uh, one or more gift cards. I don't know how many, but so she's being able to, to be like that cashier. Proverbs eleven seventeen a says, Your own soul is nourished when you are kind. You do good to your own soul when you do good for others. And, and I was really taken by what Stephanie said about the Meyer cashier. She was so moved by her kindness that she said, I wanted to be like that cashier. And I wonder what would happen if we were to show mercy and compassion in such beautifully kind ways that when people experience God's mercy and kindness through us, they said, I want to be like that person. I want to be like that Christian. And that's the impact that mercy can have. We point others to Jesus when we live like Jesus lived. And when we show the mercy that Jesus showed, people get to see Jesus in us. So the question is, what am I willing to do? What are you willing to do? Am I willing to be like Jesus? Would you pray with me? Loving God, we, uh, we thank you for the mercy that you've shown us on the cross that you took our place, that you came um, down, made yourself poor so that we could be rich in mercy and love and have life. We thank you for setting us free. And God, if there's anybody here who hasn't accepted that gift yet, um, that great mercy that you showed us, I pray that they'll have the courage to do that, to, to pray with me right now. Lord Jesus. I, I receive the mercy that you've shown me on the cross. Thank you for dying for me. I receive the gift of life. Come into my life. Live in me and through me that I might be your hands and feet in the world. Lord, I ask these things in Jesus' name.